Sometime over the summer, the pigeons had come back. Carl Burns sat at his desk waiting for class to begin on the first day of the fall semester, and he could hear them in the attic above his head, doing whatever it was that they did up there. It sounded to him as if they were scurrying around on the rafters, running up and down them, and he could almost hear the sound their little toes or claws or talons or whatever the hell it was the birds had made on the wood as they raced around madly in the musty dark. Now and then there would be a sudden flurry of wings as one of them took to the air, and because it was very dark up there, the fluttering might be followed by the soft sound they made when one of them collided with the beams that held up the roof. When that happened, at least if the bird hit hard enough to addle its inconsiderable brain, it would plummet down to the acoustical tile in the false ceiling and land with a thud that dislodged a sizable amount of dirt and dust, not to mention an occasional dab of what Burns was certain must be pigeon shit, though he would never have admitted that to Mal Tomlin, who often insisted that Burns would one day be buried under tons of that very material when the ceiling collapsed from its accumulated weight. Actually, there weren't tons of it up there, as Burns had discovered more or less by accident the previous fall, but there was enough to make things unpleasant, and some of it would come drifting down every time a pigeon fell. Everything about the situation contributed to a distinctly unpleasant odor on the third floor of Maine. In fact, "'Smells like you got plumbing problems, kid.' Mal Tomlin came through the door smoking a Merritt Menthol 100. "'Here, take one of these. It'll cut the stink a little bit.' He reached into his shirt pocket and pulled out a crumpled pack, tapped out a cigarette, and flipped it to Burns, who fumbled it and bent it a bit. He straightened it carefully and tossed it back. "'I quit over the summer,' Burns said. Tomlin put the cigarette carefully back in the pack and inserted the pack in his pocket. Then he took a thoughtful drag on the merit. "'I give you two days,' he said. Two days for what? Two days before you either die of the smell or you start smoking in self-defense. What the hell is that, anyway?' He eased his compact form into the chair that students used when they came in for conferences about their papers and started looking around for an ashtray. There wasn't one. Burns had made sure of that to put temptation out of his way. However, Burns had just finished drinking his breakfast Mr. Pibb, so he fished the can out of the trash and gave it to Tomlin. "'You of all people should know what that smell is,' Burns said, after Tomlin had carefully tapped ashes through the opening in the can. "'Me?' Tomlin ran one hand through his thinning, ginger-colored hair. He appeared genuinely puzzled. "'Is that some kind of crack right here on the first day of the semester?' "'It's no crack. Listen.' They sat there in silence. From the attic came the sounds of scurrying, fluttering, and now cooing. "'Oh, my God,' Tomlin said. "'Pigeons.' "'That'd be my guess, all right,' Burns said. "'Who knows what kind of disease the little bastards are carrying?' Tomlin said. "'Polio, probably, or something like that. "'What's that stuff you get from parrots in Mexico? Shitacosis?' Tomlin was chairman of the education department, but big words were not his specialty.' Psittacosis, Burns told him. It's some kind of virus, I think. Well, I bet you get it from shit, then, Tomlin said. The dry stuff's one thing. It's been up there forever, but with those new birds flying around and stirring things up, you never can tell what might happen. And naturally, all the new stuff, wet and nasty like it is, will just add to the problem. He gave a significant glance upward at the already darkly stained acoustical tile above them. As if to justify that gloomy forecast, two of the birds apparently got into some kind of territorial dispute in the darkness. There were a couple of loud calls and a great deal of wing-beating. One of them flew into a beam and came crashing down right overhead. 
Dirt rained down on Burns' desk, followed by a lone feather that wafted gently after. Shitacosis, Tomlin yelled, scrambling to his feet and getting as far from the desk as he could. He dropped his cigarette into the soft drink can and fled. I'll talk to you later, maybe, he called as he passed through the door, but not here. Burns had not seen Tomlin much over the summer, but he was not sad about his leaving. There were a few things Burns still had to do before class got started, including finding copies of his course syllabus and his list of rules and regulations relating to attendance and tardiness. He had typed them and had them duplicated the previous spring, and he found them in the filing cabinet after taking time to brush off his desk. The administration at Hartley Gorman College was fond of informing the faculty members that they were to keep the students in class for the full time at all meetings, including the first one. Not an easy task when the students had not bought a textbook, much less read anything in it.